Some have written off radio as a form of media that will have a sizable footprint in the future. But the Afrobarometer 2020 survey dismisses this, saying that radio is still the most powerful source of information, reaching more people than any other medium on the continent, and is likely to remain so. With the 10th anniversary of World Radio Day on February 13, that's the Saturday, it's fitting to talk to people behind the mic about their experience in this medium. So my guests today are Shay Ulenga, who's a very well-known DJ and producer at 99FM, and Levi Ngarune Katire, who's the innovation and station manager at Omaheke Radio, and also chairperson of the Namibia Community Broadcasters Network. And finally today, we're doing something just a little bit differently in this edition. We will insert comments from radio personalities and presenters, and so we hope that will make for a nice and lively discussion. So welcome to you both to this 24th edition of the NMT's Free Speak, in which we talk about all things media. I'm your host, Gwen Lister. Radio has been described as the voice of the voiceless, so I'd be interested to hear both your views on this. Levy from the perspective of community radio and Shay from the commercial radio context. What about you starting us off, Shay? Gwen, thank you very much for having me on this very powerful platform. Um, as we are speaking now, there's no visuals. All you can hear is audio in our voices. That's right. And what we're doing right now is we're sharing information. Um, we are talking and having this conversation about radio that many people don't have the opportunity to have or they just don't do it. Right. But then they come on air, they come and find this conversation there. And that is what radio means when it says it's the voice of the voiceless. It's speaking for people who are not on the mic, who cannot speak, who are sitting in areas where they cannot reach out to a radio station right. to express themselves. Many times the radio, especially from a commercial um, point of view, many people think this is all about advertising, mm -hmm. it's all about making money, but in between all that advertising and all that music playing, there still needs to be relevant, informative, educational content right. in order to continue educating our masses, in order to bring new information to the table um, for them to have access to. So yes, radio still remains, as it always has been, the voice of the voiceless, where we can have conversations that we cannot have in our own homes but in the studio with experts and discuss all these social ills or all the positive things that also happen in our communities and our society. Jessica Thomas, Canal 7. I in vertrouwen is not net hier om uit te saai, weet om omroepers te wees of media te wees nie. Ons moet ook kan luister na wat die mense sê en wat die gemeenskap sê en wat hulle kwel. En ek dink dit is baie belangrik, ons het een oop SMS-lijn waar mense betrokken kan wees met hulle eie opinies en ook uitdagings uitspreek, selfs op sociale media. En as een omroeper, maar ook as media, het ons elke nie verantwoordelijkheid om vir mense inlichting te gee wat vir hulle belangrik is. Great thoughts, thank you very much. Mm. Levy, about you? Yeah, no, I share the same sentiments. And Gwen Lister, thank you so much for inviting us to this wonderful platform. It's a pleasure. I've been <laughs> consistent listening of Free Speak. And I, ever since the first uh, Free Speak, I was like, man, this is something massive. And also the, the people behind it uh, makes it even more credible. So yeah, radio being the voice of the voiceless, definitely. This, is, this has been one phrase that has actually defined radio ever mm -hmm. since the beginning of radio. And this is reality because 
in a democratic country sometimes democracy does not reach up to the mm. up to the most minor person you know Absolutely. so uh, and it's not everybody that has a high level of awareness when it comes to their fundamental human rights when it comes to public information when it comes to all this and especially not only information coming from the top to the bottom but the voice of the voiceless def- it's it's a clear definition of of the voice that comes from the bottom to the top uh that ordinary community member who shares their story or mm-hmm. what they can speak and they share it with their brother at home who's probably somehow involved in a community radio station mm-hmm. and these guys bring it to on air and speak about this on radio especially at community radio level we have seen a lot of impact that ordinary topics have actually uh, had so radio still remains the voice of the voiceless and it's going to continue to be that for such a long time i think you Definitely. both summed that up very well and maybe just to add to that what you said earlier the podcast is something that can be so easily accommodated into the radio format very much um in terms of content so i'm hoping you guys are going to use this on your particular radio stations as well it's actually airing every tuesday mind you um from 6 oh, p.m. Great. on 99 fm just yeah, yeah we also <laughs> aim to make if you can reach it on the internet please do make sure to because yeah. it certainly does give yes. a podcast Absolutely. a yeah. much greater uh, coverage if you Definitely. like rather than people accessing on soundcloud mm. which i think some people are not fully aware you can do mm. Following up on that, radio is also described as a very powerful medium which celebrates diversity and as a platform for democratic discourse and you've mentioned that basically Shay. Mm. Does it in fact do that? And if so how? Talking from a commercial perspective. In our current uh, current landscape of radio because there is this lack of educating the community or presenters or producers on how to give these messages for masses to actually understand and take them in it's quite difficult to really say that that's exactly the job that radio is doing mm. these days it seems like you walk into a studio they need an extra hand or two or mouth or two for right. on air and right. then boom you're in there right. um because there is also not that line to say okay in order to join radio in Namibia you need to have gone through this you need to have gotten this diploma or this certificate or sure. this degree sure you can do production sure you can edit but can you present can you bring the message across to those can you be the voice of the voiceless is really the question and currently that's not how the situation works in Namibia okay. with radio currently you walk in and you've got some good vibes you got good energy you got a good character your personality is coming through your mouth and then pop you are on air but with no training on how to sell emergency information on how to give critical information on commercial st- uh, stations i guess it's probably worse because most of the time they don't expect you to know much but as long as you can sell the product then you're game and good to go which shouldn't be the case because as radio presenters we are responsible we have mm-hmm. a very big responsibility Absolutely. towards the people who listen to us and such a powerful medium needs people who are conscious and who are knowing of what's going on around them and uh, that's all in order to be able to inform and educate once again the next man the guy on the street and speak for them and i think that's an important point and i'll come to it a bit later and that is the youth attraction mm. Mm. to mm. not necessarily journalism mm. but the role of a DJ but let's leave that for now mm. levy um while radio can be very independent and trustworthy sources of information radio can also be a tool of hate in the wrong mm. hands and i mean we know we've got examples from rwanda and so on the hutu tutsi uh, thing any thoughts around maybe looking particularly in the context of namibia any thoughts around how we must be very careful in those kind of areas yeah this is this is one thing that i have stretched very much also 
tying into what she was saying earlier in mm-hmm. terms of no training and all that I will always speak on, on at community radio level when people are not well trained uh, at the radio station such attributes can come across you know there has there is such a big loophole in the system and in terms of uh, regulation and oversight by the regulatory authority and all that Good point. so there is still that thing that somebody establishes a radio station and somehow they have a lot of influence they have an influence on content a simple young community journalist who came with no level of education sure. the fact that they were trained by the radio station somehow there's a lot of uh, censorship and, and, mm. and influence from mm. the people running or owning the radio station and clear agendas and clear agendas well. you know mm. we have cases where some radio stations could not give some level of airtime to, right. to, to certain political mm. parties. Right during campaigns right. and little do, do they know that this is a direct uh, intervention into uh, what the law actually provides you know in terms of broadcasting so that is there and it exists a lot and i think government can actually do better i don't know how much time we have but later on i also mm. speak to our recommendations that we gave into the ministry of ict mm-hmm. or, or with regard to community media framework policy that they're right. actually busy developing right and we actually have a strong stand on how community radio should be well framed framed yeah. to do away with such content on radio should not be influenced and censored by anybody and and I think that is very very yeah. important you know Gwen can I add Please on to do. what um Levy is saying now that whole access to information bill that should be radio should be included in that because that's where you go for information mm-hmm. nobody should be restricted commercial private or public radio licenses should not be restricted to give information to the public because that's what you're there for as a powerful medium you are there shaping minds and shaping the future of the country so we should not have restrictions um, especially not on our public broadcasters because right. that's where the majority of our people go to get information and it's just unfair yeah that we cut that off from them it's unfair right. that people who can make these decisions decide that no we're not going to go there we're not going to touch on that but yet this is very inf- important information for right. the public so very important the agenda of ownership perhaps ownership. in mm-hmm. silencing voices if you like yeah. on the other hand as levy pointed out which we'll get to later as well the training of journalists the yes. competencies yes. of the person behind the mic the mic. It, mic is absolutely critical um, maybe just in tandem with, with this as well, and it's probably a bit of a repeat of the former question, but somebody once said community radio is not necessarily good and commercial radio not necessarily bad because there is this perception because commercial radio, as you said earlier, is driven by advertising to a large extent, community there for the community. Just a brief comment from both of you on that statement. Yeah. Uh, I come from a community radio station, okay. so yeah, I've you've had background. My background, of both. I started at a community radio station, so I was taught at a community radio station, and that's where you tell the stories of the community. But for me, it didn't make sense to leave that story behind at the community radio station. Sure. How am I going to broadcast and speak to people if I can't speak about what they go through every day? Sure. How will they be able to relate to me? Because radio is a very personal thing. Absolutely. You and I need to feel each other, whether I'm in the studio and you're listening in your car, you need to hear me and I need to hear you. So it's not necessarily good but it's also not 
bad. Um, I had to carry the sense of community across to the commercial stations because I felt like they lacking in speaking Very for the point. people. They Very were lacking in creating content. They were only creating content for their advertisers. And yes, you paid 60000 this month, so this is what you want us to talk about. But how can we conceptualize and be creatives and producers in the radio industry right. to create content in line with your advertiser and be able to still sell the product and sell the message at the same time? Which is where I think many people and a lot of presenters don't take initiative to do. You to need do. to be able to find the line, be able to merge the two, and then script and produce according to that and yep. really still make the money and at the end of the day still be able to give the message. So it, there is platform on commercial radio station to do that and even more on commercial on, on community. But now the community part is like a reverse. It's like Absolutely. It's like they need the to community find the does. Exactly. Yeah. So if yeah. we can if we can yeah. build community radio mm. stations that can at the same time sell, which I don't think it, you know, this it's whole thing impossible. of community yeah. radio yeah. stations not being able to have advertising, yeah. that must stop. There's a community there. Absolutely. They need things there and there's a platform for you to advertise on. Absolutely. So why not? Edwin Kamushemo on my hacker radio. People seem to see a community radio as a joke, but in fact, community radio plays a very, very uh, crucial or vital uh, role in terms of uh, media dissemination because we are here to disseminate information to our people. But if advertisers doesn't want to come on board and so that we can have, have uh, that money, then it will be very, very, very uh, difficult for us to. I mean to, 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 to do the radio in the right time. And we yeah. don't want to go into that now, but I mean, Levy, you'll also be very aware of the Zambian example. Yes. yes. Where, where radio is, you know, it's huge. Huge. And there Mushrooms. are scores, I don't yeah. know how many at this point, of radio stations, many <laughs> yeah. of them exactly community-based who sustain, even out of advertising, if you've lost your yeah. goats or something. Yeah, exactly. so, so innovation is required to really yeah. keep them going and sustainable. Very much. Sometimes we create stereotypes mm. and we actually don't realize right. how much those stereotypes right. actually can foster a certain or create a certain impact on the industry. Right. And that stereotype has actually been created around community radios that no, community radio is not good, community radio is not this, it's not that. You know, and it's one of the things that for the time that I've actually been the chairperson of NCBN, it's one thing that I've that I've said, man, this is something that we need to have a direct agenda of. Community radios needs to be they, they need to be a change of perception. And not only should there be a change of perception, it, it should come with some level of support, you know. Right. Uh, so, so community radios, as bad as they are seen or as, 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 as much as they are belittled, I think gone are those days. The community radios are starting to position or have started positioning themselves right with no resources right. and with no direct recognition by government. Eno Kaumba, the Namibian Digital Broadcasting. I feel like the, the Ministry of Information or whatever authority that has it has power to, to give money to community radio stations doesn't pump in money in community radio stations so that we don't have this problem. And again, I mean, we have we have we have submitted our recommendations when it comes to the ministry's uh, um, uh, community media framework that they are busy developing. So we're hoping that things will change. We're hoping that the mindset will change. We're hoping that community radios, like she uh, stated earlier, community radios will be allowed to actually um, make more revenue, uh, you know, or have more revenue streams as well, or, or increased 
to some extent. Our, Just so that ability. they're not totally funded or... Yeah, yes, ex- exactly. exactly. Because, at, I mean, at this point in time, I mean, the Namibian population itself is already too small. Yeah. So you ca- it's not lucrative to sell advertisement. Exactly. And especially within those little communities mm. where community radios actually exist. Community radios, most of them don't exist in Bluetooth where there's a high population. Mm. Right. They exist in very little population areas. So to sell that to, to advertisers, it's already very yeah, difficult. difficult. Mm. And then there's that suppression by the framework. And I think it's important also that, for example, even the business community in Namibia, I always felt as a, as a journalist that they need to be far more conscious conscious of the importance of keeping free speech alive, mm-hmm. whether it be in the uh, print format or in radio or whatever. And they yes. can do a lot. Even It doesn't have to be an advertisement per mm-hmm. se, but they can offer to sponsor certain mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. with no strings attached yes. and do things like that and put their money where their mouths are. Absolutely. Because if one day if our voices w- are silenced, theirs will be silenced too. Definitely. But maybe just to pick up on the digital divide, um, and let me turn to you, Shay, Um, there is a very real digital divide in Africa. We know that. Mm -hmm. And ordinarily, there's a perception that urban audiences gravitate more towards online platforms Mm -hmm. nowadays um, and that uh, uh, sort of rural populations find radio the most appealing medium, maybe because of cost, whatever. Very brief thought on that one. Uh, there certainly is this divide. And it's true. It's, uh, the excuse is always people don't have access and bandwidth. And, and, bandwidth <laughs> and yeah. you know, they can't pick up the podcasts on their phones because they can't afford that. But there are so technologies growing every day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are minds out there who can come up with concepts and, and ways to create a digital platform for people in rural areas. If we can walk into shops these days and you can just put in your mobile number and there comes something out for you, sure. what says we can't do that and set those towers up for people in rural areas? What says we cannot give access to people to use digital platforms and educate them to perhaps use digital platforms to inform themselves or educate themselves? It always brings me back to the traditional form of radio. I always think that if ever there was an earthquake in Namibia, all the wires would be cut, but you'd have your ever-ready radio ready to serve you where you can get your information. Perhaps teaching people to build more or or bringing the digital and the traditional together and, and how we can make that grow. Africa will still constantly rely on radio in its traditional form. That's unfortunately just where we are, unlike the rest of the world. Laimi Elaro, Radio Wave. Namibia right now, radio is still one of the most important ways of communicating. I mean, if you just look at uh, the Awambo culture or through our villages, people still receive their most important news via the radio. And, and, and what happens, they, you know, most of our households in Namibia have a radio. They might not have a TV, they might not have access to print media, but they certainly will have access to a radio. They might not have access to a smartphone, but they will definitely have access to a radio. So in this country, I mean, radio is still the most basic uh, means of mass communication. But if you look at internationally and the trade, um, there are still some radio shows that have completely found opportunities to grow, especially in a world of technology. 
But if we could work in terms of the the more our technology grows, the better we can bring also our traditional media forms to that platform and see if the two can work together or or, or find ways how we can be more innovative and cutting edge in bringing technology to the people. I think that's where it all starts, bringing technology to the people. And then they have more access to platforms to get more information. They have more access to platforms to read more, to educate themselves more, to teach their children more uh, and show, just share. I think very good points, and also in terms of popularity, as I said earlier, radio is still mm, increasingly still popular. Key. What has changed is not, as I say, the listenership, but really the means of which people are listening yes, to radio, and more yes. and more, obviously. Mm. And that speaks to what Shay just said: mobile is increasingly yes. used yeah. for people to use to ra- listen yeah. to radio stations rather than their old radio devices. Put yeah. it that way. Any quick thoughts on that, Levy? Digital or Mobile penetration in Namibia is very, very high, right. but data penetration Tation. is very low. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize because people who are planning for the rollout of this stuff mostly are based in urban setups. Mm. So it's easier for them to, on a daily basis, kind of forget or have it at the back of their mind in terms of really switching the focus to rural areas. Mm-hmm. I think this, the focus should deliberately be switched to rural areas for data penetration. Absolutely. It's yeah. possible. And hopefully if, government is listening. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And know where the priorities lie. Yes. Exactly. I mean, There's if, no reason why not. If Telecom Namibia can actually get up mm. and go install 4G coverage tower mm. in Oshombinde, which is close to 300 kilometers away from Kobabes, even before 4G penetration is is in Kobabes, right? Well, widespread. Why can't we actually mm. switch that focus to rural area the same way they did like that? It yeah. can happen. It can yeah. happen to close the digital gap. gap. Exactly. Amen. No, that's a very good point. Levy, while while you, I've got you talking, just to, uh, quickly, let's talk a bit about the actual journalists. Um, if one can always call them that, I'm not sure in some examples. But is enough being put into training journalists for radio, especially community radio? And sort of in tandem with that is because we know there's often issues around pay and so so on. Um, are they getting any kind of union protections? This is uh, maybe if you can speak very briefly to that mm-hmm. and what can be done to improve things, uh, both in. Uh, sense of training and of course just paying them better yeah i think this is a very important topic that we have to continue talking about this on a daily Mm. basis journalists in namibia i I mean i will clearly admit that we are not well trained in that area we have started doing something a little bit to the capacity that we can in the community media network you know strengthening the journalistic skills of those young people at the community radio station. Because, I mean, these this community radios are rural, and, and, and I mean, not really completely rural, but town, small town setup. Mm. And you, you would not have somebody, a graduate coming from Ventuk to come and stay in Hobabes to work at a community radio. That can never happen. Right. So what we do is we, we, we take young people from the community and we train them. These are proportional kind of uh, one-week kind of trainings, and it's not enough. Right. So I think the somehow the, the, the media itself has um, it has not been that enticing or I don't know how sure. to call it kind of career line. Yep. But the fact that radio stations have the need of that human being, they need to do more. Starting from a public broadcaster, I have a lot of friends in NBC uh, who started from like she stated earlier, 
okay, you have a good voice. Your Shihero is very good. Come, go on. on air. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, some of them are not graduates, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you understand. Yeah. So even when you bring that somebody on board, training like planned, deliberate kind of training should be done. Yeah. But most institutions are not doing, are not doing including, enough. Include, anyway. Yeah, they are not doing enough, okay. including our own community radios as well. Mm. What we're doing is still not enough. Okay. Shay, perhaps just on that score, let me turn to you and say that, you know, even given, look, journalism, wherever it is, paper, print, or radio, has never been the best paying profession. You go yeah. there for more than uh, just that. But notwithstanding that, a lot of the youth seem to me to be attracted to radio mainly because they see the, the fame or notoriety that comes with that and uh, popular DJs on talk shows attract big audiences so they're kind of attracted to that and yet they aren't always journalists themselves mm. I have heard quite a number of, of radio presenters who you can hear are not mm. competent mm. when they're handling especially sensitive issues, mm. controversial issues around talk radio mm. uh, what are your thoughts, what would you say to those youth who are attracted as DJs, that it's more than just a voice on radio, right? You don't belong there like I said earlier on the responsibility that radio stations and radio presenters carry is humongous, mm. you are shaping the minds of listeners who are going to be thinkers, who are going to be contributors to the society in the next five to ten years, yeah. and they will learn everything from you that day, Absolutely. the thing is like this, we drive in the car with mom every day mom listens to one particular station you as a child, you don't even realize what's happening but your mind is being shaped you fall in love with this personality and you're in there, it's not glamour Whatever that presenter is doing in those two minutes, 30 seconds, they've done trained and self-taught on air for the last 10 years. Right. And no, there's no money. There's no protection from the government or any unions. And you don't become a superstar just like that. No, for me, quite. for instance, I think I struck lucky. I became an MC and a TV presenter because that's kind of like what radio gives you. But you have to have more than just this voice and this spark and personality to be able to carry your skills over into those platforms. Right. The point is, and I always say this, ever since I joined radio, I want to share experiences that I have been able to be exposed to with my youth that don't have the, pri the privileges or the chance to go and see different worlds and learn different cultures. My idea is to bring all that back and teach and educate my peers through the mic, 50,000 all at the same time. That responsibility is huge. Right. We need to stop as radio stations just, firstly, when girls walk in, it's like you've got to do this and this because you want a radio. You want to be a radio presenter. Sure. That should not be the case. No, right. no, we don't have places and, and, and institutions that train and educate. But I think as radio personalities and as people who run radio stations and organizations where we can make a change, it's our responsibility. Then, if the government is doing nothing, to then come up with a module, um, a presenters module for radio, and go to UNESCO, get the funds for that, and then go through the country and train the community radio stations, share the knowledge that we have, put that together, and maybe even give that to the institutions which have media courses or which run this so that we can start building radio presenters mm -hmm. because like we're saying if radio is not going to die then we need to create more Shea Ulingas more Levi's to go on and carry that Absolutely. professionalism that skill and that knowledge with the rest of the world and it's very clear that's what's in your genes and in your family genes <laughs> uh, Shea, as we speak um, Radio in Africa, we all know, has definitely come a long way since 1988 mm. when governments dominated the broadcast sector. Yeah. There have been what some would describe as a renaissance of radio, given the opening up in the airwaves on many African countries and, of course, the alternatives it has given to people to state radio. And, of course, it's just 
the penetration is amazing because of the number of languages that radio happens in, and it doesn't require hugely high levels of literacy to listen to radio either. (laughs) But for all of this, state-controlled radio, and of course very few of those state-controlled radios, including in our own country, have transitioned to public broadcasting, but they mostly still command the biggest audiences in Southern Africa, Mm -hmm. as opposed to community and commercial. Some quick thoughts on this. Yeah, and that will still be the case. Why is that though, Levy? Why is it? Because of the source of revenue. If you have a public broadcaster that has actually transitioned or somehow redefined itself from a a state broadcaster to a public public broadcaster, Mm. but still 80 to 90% of the revenue comes from that very government. Yeah, it's obvious what what will happen uh, to it, and also puts them in a position where they actually dominate the airwaves because the uh, because of the frequencies that they yeah. have in Namibia. We have the infrastructure sharing policy that when you go to our state broadcaster today, yeah, uh, you actually granted a quotation as to how much you must mm. pay. Mm. while the infrastructure sharing policy says different. Yes. Okay, that's a so, good point. Yeah. So, so I think there's so many loopholes that exist that should be relooked so that we can actually balance. Mm. I mean, there was a year when the minister of ICT, uh, not the current one, but uh, previous, previous one, I want to put names, but yeah. So we're saying so much on World Radio Day, I remember very well, and he kept talking about community radio stations. And afterwards, I had right. an interview with him, and I said, but Honorable Minister, you speak so much highly of community radio stations on days like this. Mm. On an ongoing basis, the preference is actually one side. Mm. Exactly. And that also influences the penetration towards the listeners as well. Right. Or other, other radio stations are actually overpowered and overcrowded by the public broadcasters because of the preference that they get. So something should change. Right. Yeah, and never mind, you know, constant bailouts of the state broadcaster <laughs> oh, oh money, which could have been oh, so much well spent. I thought you said you never mind community sector. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. You know, so there's that as well. Yeah. But also, um, I think it was Franz Kruger of the Witz Radio Academy who said that while radio is Africa's most important source of information, at the same time, a lot of the content is news. Some of it culled from print media and yeah. music. So I want to ask you both, but literally just very quickly, whether investigative reporting um, can be enhanced in a radio format. We all know that it's normally print media that does the investigation. Or how can we reach the next level where radio really and truly empowers and informs by incorporating this type of journalism? And again, especially with regard to that rural scenario where people often miss out. Yes. I want to go very quick as well on that sure. one. So when you don't have protection, you, you don't feel protected. It's, it's also difficult. So I think there needs to be some change in the framework or the journalists need to reorganize themselves and, 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 and push through this journalist union so that they can be uh, much more protected. Right. Absolutely. I, I agree with, Le- with Levy. Okay. And, and, and I would like to just add a little bit something. I believe mm. that 
journalism is journalism, whether it's for broadcast, whether Wherever it's for it print. The same process yes. for investigative journalism right. works for radio as it does for right. print. The right. only difference is you are producing the one for audio mm. and you're producing the other one for print. Mm. And, and, and a few things might be different, but the story, if it's still the same and there still needs to be information and answers given to the yeah. people who are listening, yeah. then you still need to go and investigate that. It's just the lack of the legislation not being able to take care of journalists, sure. um, not being able to, being censored. I mean, sure. you can't go and talk to the minister because last yes. time they sponsored us this and now you're taking the money out. Absolutely. There's no such thing. So what am I, you, my ethics as a journalist, yeah. what, what's the deal then? Where yeah. do you put me? The station does not protect you. Yeah. Who's going to protect you? Yeah. So we need to vigorously, through that journalist right. union, right. work on the rules and the regulations that have been put in place for practicing journalism in Namibia. Yeah. How could you censor us? Right. We are the voice of the voiceless. Yeah. And people need to hear this information. So open the doors. Let radio DJs learn how to investigate. Sure. Wherever they're going to go sure. do media studies, teach them how to journalistically investigate for radio or create the content. But we have to. It's yeah. time that we do because we keep on failing the people each and every single right. day from six to six on air. And we're yeah. just there giving like nothing. There's just nothing. Air coming out, but there's no sustainable information, Absolutely. some real genuine things. There's like info situations on our table right now as a country that need radio journalism. Maria Namupala, Shipi FM. Ngere ouri omtori mkundana. Ounuku karatoganja uirere uri pesimbo. Wakorekwa. Nashi noto shininga shike unandono. Tokongo uirere au heko sosa zoe. Opuashike ukarushi kucha shitoganja nenge omombepo nengo toshanga mihokororo njono toganja. Opuareshi yoe nenge apurakeni. Yakare na eine kiro mungwe kucha uirele au kheto ganja uripo simbo uakore kwa urimu njiri we sit on serious issues because because we are we are afraid and we don't have journalistic protection and we don't have journalistic <laughs> exactly. trainings exactly. i'm coming from omaheke omaheke has been in the in making headlines the past <laughs> the right. past mm. almost 3 4 years right and whose responsibility is it yes. now to bring that but the young people mm. at the stations are afraid to talk about mm. these exactly. issues exactly yeah. they don't feel protected they don't have the know-how of doing real investigative stuff right. i think the need is very very high and i think it's very important i agree with both of you on that and i think we even in as journalists wherever we find ourselves as you say whether it's online whether it's print whether yeah. it's radio we must stop thinking thinking in silos yes because we yeah. do you know yeah. the print journalists will gather yes. together and think radio journalists are you just know? djs <laughs> and so and yeah. also to training institutions that in future i i often see that they will have uh, a training workshop for print journalists on data journalism or whatever. But they, yeah. we should merge it all together. We're yes. all doing the same job. It's simply the format exactly. and perhaps technical things yes. that are different. It's but just different. the translation from exactly. the print to the audio. So perhaps that's something to take Absolutely. away going further. Absolutely. But I'm going to have to come to my final question, guys. Before you do, Gwen, okay. um, I just want to say um, DJs are the disc yeah. jockeys, mm. radio jocks, RJs. Those are the, that's yeah. us, okay? And then radio yes. journalists. That's, that's, I just, I just <laughs> like, everybody's like, Shay, okay. you're a DJ. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's but a very yes, good that, point. Yeah. Thank you, Shay. So we all know that more and more African audiences are moving online. The big question for radio, like newspapers, is how to keep or maintain the public attention and trust, even more importantly. So I'd like a few thoughts from you both on that. At the same time, acknowledging this Saturday is World Radio Day, February 13th, and a few final 
celebratory thoughts from you both to conclude this podcast. Levy, you. I'm, I'm going to speak more on uh, World Radio Day and why it's really, really important. Even in this pandemic, it's it's also important. I think radio should be celebrated. I, I like topics or the themes around innovation and radio still evolving. So I think everybody should be uh, celebrating World Radio Day. Uh, we I think we have done quite an okay job in Namibia okay. celebrating <laughs> World Radio Day uh, right. the past few years. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to it. I mean, this year I think we World Press Freedom Day is also being celebrated in Namibia, right? Right, it yeah. is. So yes, I mean, one. this this should be a build up to that main event. Radio, I always say, we have to think of it as storytelling. Good, thank you, Levy. Last word, Shay. Obviously, radio over the last few years has transitioned to online. It's created many online radios. There's so many podcasts going on. But I think traditional radio should find ways of including those digital platforms into their traditional platforms. Sure. For instance, the NMT podcast playing out on 99FM. Yeah. I mean, that's a recent partnership. Right. And there's just so much that comes from it. Like, yes. seriously, like, it doesn't have to be a podcast lingering on the website there by itself. It can be empowered by radio. Absolutely. Yes. And of course, online radio platforms, um, yo, the Cliff Central has shown that you can do it. And it's just a matter of moving from the traditional bandwidth on your radio to putting it online, to putting it out there for people to access and listen to in their urban areas and so on. Even if we go through those platforms, the most important thing about radio is to keep it personal. It's when you're speaking one-on-one to right. someone when they're affected the most. When you're talking to a bunch of people, it feels like you're not talking to me, but keeping it personal keeping it interactive and letting the the listener know that they are free to engage and talk to you directly that's where the conversation happens both at podcasts both online and both traditionally and i believe in radio i believe that for so many more years so much more yeah. is going to come and radio is the place to go to get all your answers we just need to open the doors and unlock those spaces for the truth to come out number one and for people to have access to that information yeah. you know like for instance you give a license the license is for five years if you haven't done anything with the license, please give it back to Craig. Yeah, so that those who have ideas yeah. and, and want to do this for the people come through and do that. Otherwise, you're blocking us and you're failing the nation at large. So let's have those conversations. It's about time. This is 2021. We can't live in the past anymore. We've got a foreign to commercial. Thank you, Shay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to our listeners out there, you can hear both of our guests today, Levy and Shay, the passion there is mm-hmm. for radio. Mm-hmm. And so I'm absolutely sure that a new world, new radio is very, very possible with people like yourselves. Thank you again for joining me for this chat today. Thank, Thank you. you so much for Thank having you. us on your conversation. Thanks. That's fine.